And I find prayer a subject like grace. It's simple to define and say. It's really hard to practice and understand, especially when you start getting into all the implications of it. Um, prayer is, is, is something, sometimes people make it very formal and very, um, proper and you gotta say certain words. I, I remember as a little boy growing up in our church, um, I'm, I'm not sure my mom was right in doing this, but she, they used to call, you know how, uh, well, I don't know, maybe you don't, but sometimes, uh, back in the day, let me put it that way, back in my day, they would call on people to pray at different times, just out of the audience. And even as a teenager, uh, my pastor called me Carrot, and he called me that so long, I didn't think he knew my name. And uh, one day at the end of church, I was just a teenager. He looked down and all our teenagers, we sat on the first couple of rows. And when the invitation hit, we hit our knees, started praying for people to be saved. And and uh, it was a great thing. And one day at the end of the service, he looked down and he said, Brother Stewart, lead us in prayer. It shocked me. He knew my name. I was I was amazed because he used to call me Brother Carrot because of my red hair. But, uh, but you know, they'd call him. My mom, as a kid, she said, listen to Mr. So-and-so when they call on him to pray. Because he always used these certain phrases, and one of them just cracked me up as a kid. It was, and take us safely to our place of abode. I, I, I can still tell you what he said. He said, every prayer. And sometimes we get into a habit of just repeating prayer. So on, in our class, we're going to talk about a lot of those things, but, uh, but, but help you understand the nature of prayer. But as we look at this verse, and last week we just looked at the first phrase. We're going to go back and look at the whole verse this morning. We see that prayer has more in it. Uh, as I said last week, prayer is the vital thing. If you're going to wear armor and use it, prayer is the fuel that runs it. It is the most vital part. But but uh, just like a nation, uh, I don't know, again, I go back to my kidness when I was a kid and and uh, just the idea, and, and they still make TV shows like this. There's a TV show now called Hunting Hitler. Anybody ever heard of that show? Some of y'all, okay. I, I, I realize, and I appreciate this. This isn't as much a TV culture as where I come from, where I came from. People watch TV all the time. That's And and you guys don't seem to do that as much, or you don't want to admit it, one of the two. Um, uh, but... Uh, uh, but they, they still make TV shows about Germany in Hitler's day and, and all the things that maybe he was secretly doing. And we're still kind of fascinated by that. And nations are looking for that secret weapon. That's what prayer is. And, and, and prayer covers every area of our life. And we may not even get through all this today. But, but I want you to look with me in Ephesians 6 and just verse 18 if you want to stand up. And and the thing that I, I, if I don't do it, let me say it so you can do it, is you have to keep this verse in context of the whole armor. Because the point is, he told us what we're going to use, and then he's telling us how to use it. And so you can't separate verse 18 from the armor, but you can't have the armor without verse 18. And most sermons and whenever it's talked about, they talk a lot about what the armor is, and then they say, oh, and pray and go on. And we need to camp here on prayer for, for a little while. So here's what verse 18 says. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power uh, that comes through uh, by the Holy Spirit, through your church, through your word. And Lord, we pray that today we might know that power, that we might 
know you. And Lord, that we might uh, walk in the spirit and the, and the spirit of power and of peace and of love and of a sound mind. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated if you want to. If you don't want to, you can stand up. It's up to you. Um, here's what I want you to take home with you. Prayer is a constant conscious activity. In this verse, the word all appears four times. The word all comes in here four times. And, and I know I'm fond of saying what does all mean in Greek. All means all, and that's all all means, right? So we say that, but all is, is it encompasses everything. It is entirely, um, completely through and in everything. And when we say that word all, it's such a small word, and we say it all the time. Um, you know, as, uh, teenagers tend to be very extreme in their language. Everybody's doing it. No one's doing that. No one's wearing that, Mom. Everybody's doing this. And we know that's not true because I'm not doing it, so everybody's not doing it, right? And I'm not wearing that, so everybody's not wearing that. So, uh, you know, but as teenagers, we kind of think that way. But I, I found adults do that as well. And we say it so much, we forget the meaning. And when the Bible tells us this word all, it is pervasive. It, it covers everything. And it's a struggle for me to talk about all without saying all. Because, because again, it's a very short word and, and, and we get used to it. So I, I want you to see a couple of things here about prayer. First of all, and, and these, these word, this word all appearing four times, it covers, uh, several areas of our life. Look at that very first time it appears in, in verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. These are two different words for prayer, and that's just kind of what I want you to catch here, because I'm going to tell you something, then I'm going to tell it to you again, then I'm going to tell it to you again. The three points could all have been one point. I gave you three points because you're used to that, okay? Uh, first of all, prayer, the first word for prayer it means a general request. I could tell you the Greek word, but that wouldn't mean anything to you. And And we use this word prayer for that word. It's a general request. It's when we say, Lord, bless, you know, the missionaries. I don't think that's very effective, but... You know, the God understands if that's all you got time for, that's better not praying for them at all. But, but it's a very general thing. But second word, and it's translated petition into English, is very specific. It's like, mom, would you make me a sandwich? Or mom, would you make me lunch? And she says, sure, what do you want? Now I get specific. I want a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Or I want you know, in 30 years of marriage, Janet says, what do you want for supper? And my answer is always the same, meatloaf. Because I love meatloaf. That's just like, my favorite thing is actually venison steak, but I know we don't have any venison, so I don't ever ask for that. But, but, um, but yeah, meatloaf and potatoes and some greens. Well, we don't have that. Okay, then make whatever. Because I don't care after that point. That's specifically what I want, all right? And that's just about all the time, and, and I don't eat it that much, but I, I do love it. So, uh, and I have other things I like, obviously. I'm making a point here. But that's what that word petition means. It means to get very specific with the Lord. In 1 Timothy 2.8, look what, uh, and, and you can turn over there to that. And like I said, we may, we may not get through all this today, so I may you may come back next week and we do it again. But 1 Timothy 2.8, I need to bring my older Bible up here because I can turn the pages faster. Um, 
Good night. My hands are dry, it's sticking. First Timothy 2.8 says this, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Now, don't get hooked on the lifting holy hands. That's, that's great. But what he's saying is, it's not necessarily that we have to pray lifting hands, even though that's fine. It, it's, it's that we men should pray saying, I'm living a life of holiness and I'm lifting a holy life. I'm lifting hands that aren't doing evil, but they seek to please you. And I'm lifting that up to the Lord. And so when we talk about prayer, some people think you got to bow your head or you got to close your eyes or you ought to kneel or do that. In the Bible, they prayed standing, sitting, lying down. They prayed kneeling. They prayed with their heads bowed, their head up. They prayed with their eyes open, their eyes closed. They prayed uh, when they went to a place of prayer. They prayed walking down the street. They prayed, 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 prayed. Position doesn't matter. Uh, and nothing matters but the fact that you do pray. That's more important. I, I love uh, in Nehemiah, the king looks at him and says, hey, what's what's the problem? What can I do for you? And he said, so I prayed to God and I answered the king. It's like an arrow prayer. He shot up and then he started talking to the Lord uh, right away. And so prayer encourages us to pray about everything in general, but then to get very specific and pray to God specifically for things. And I think so many times we just pray too generally. And we pray about stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, if you ever ask somebody to say the blessing and they start praying for missionaries, sometimes people, you know, obviously because I'm the pastor, people ask me to pray a lot uh, at mealtime. And if I'm at your house, go ahead and warn you when you ask me over for dinner, because I know all of you are going to do that. Um, whenever you do that and you ask me to pray, I say, you're the man in the house, you pray. Actually, I just say, well, I, I believe the man in the house ought to pray. Why don't you pray? But if I ever do pray, there's sometimes shocks when I go, Lord, thanks for this food. And that what you asked me to, the Bible says receive it with thanksgiving, doesn't ask, I'm not the Pope and I'm not Christ. I can't actually bless the food. Right? <laughs> we say that, but it's just, I'm smiling y'all, but that's just true. Uh, it says receive it with thanksgiving, Lord, thanks. And thanks for the one who made it. You know, sometimes I might say that. And everybody's ready. They're ready to dig in because I'm going to pray around the world. No, let's pray for the food. The wisest man in the world, you say this, an inadequate prayer life will not be made up for by king-sized blessing over the meal. That's just kind of a fact. So we, But we ought to always be in an attitude of prayer. We ought to be praying at all times about everything. But then there are some times, man, where we are pretty specific. And so I'm going to tell you what we're going to look at and then I'm going to look at it because we don't have time me to, I'm not going to go over it twice. Here's what prayer encompasses. And I'm just going to repeat this, but you can go ahead and list those out there. It, it's all types of prayer. Can you make those letters light? I don't know if you can change all that. It's kind of hard to read for me. Maybe y'all can see it. I'm having trouble. All types, all times, all power, all awareness, and all the Christians. Those are the things we ought to be praying about. These, this is what prayer encompasses. It encompasses all time. It encompasses all kinds of praying. It encompasses all power that we find in prayer. It encompasses being of all awareness. It encompasses all believers, all those who are in Christ. And let me just say one thing about that awareness. Uh, I want to come back to that word. I picked that word because I'm going to use a different word in the next little set, but I'm going to be talking about the same thing. But... And, and, uh, the, the, if you're gonna 
have a defensive mindset, uh, just walking through life, you know, at Christmas time, at least where we used to live, at least every Christmas, somebody would get attacked in the parking lot at the mall and get their packages stolen. You know, I'm talking about anybody heard of those things. Okay. Maybe you were one of those people. And one of the first things you learn in self-defense, there are four A's to defending yourself. And the first, very first one is awareness. You need to know what your surroundings are. You need to know who's where, how. I mean, I'm walking with Jen Sunday. She says, hey, you see that guy? I got him. I got him. I got him. I'm looking. I'm watching as we walk to the car. I'm checking everything out. Awareness. The second one is is avoid. Get away from danger. I'm just going to go ahead and give you the four A's because I know y'all are all wondering what they are. It's awareness, avoidance, anticipation. That guy's really going to attack me. And then it's attack. Don't let him attack you. You do something about it first. Activity. All right? So the same thing happens in prayer. We ought to be aware. we got an enemy trying to seek, kill, and destroy us. You need to avoid temptation if you can. Lord, at least not temptation. Deliver us from evil. But now anticipate because he is going to attack you, and so attack first. You follow that? All right, that was a short one. I'm going to look at this again. Let's go to the next slide, if you will. Here is what prayer accomplishes. First of all, All types of prayer. Prayer accomplishes all types. And we've already, I've already talked about that. When we pray, we ought to pray about everything. I mean, everything. My very first church, when I was still single, I I was a single pastor for about six years uh, before I married Janice. Maybe even a little longer than that. But the first church where I pastored, they didn't even have a building. They had bought a house in a neighborhood, and we still met in the house. So I stood against the living room wall, and I preached into the kitchen and down the hall, uh, into the kitchen, down the hall, and into the living room right here. And I mean, that's just, that's all we had. And, uh, and, and so that was where we started, and then they built a little building. But I remember this kid in that first church, and Wednesday night, we'd have prayer meeting. If y'all remember those? We'd have prayer meeting, and we'd raise your hand, take, and I would call on that little fella. And he would ask for his cat. And everybody would giggle. Well, that was important, that kid. You know, a lot of times parents tell their kids, oh, that's just puppy love. You know, puppy love's real to the puppy, right? Just they got a smaller glass. That's all. A kid's just got a smaller glass to fill. When you get older, you get a bigger glass to fill. But it's still a glass that needs filling. So we never despise that. I always prayed for the kid's cat. I don't even remember what he prayed about for it, but he was always asking for that. His dad's name was Donnie, and his mom, I forgot her name, but she played the piano. But now remember, this is the late 70s. And so I, one time I went to pray for Donnie's salvation, and I prayed for Donnie and Marie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Y'all are old enough to remember that. And uh, for the young people, she's the lady that makes the weight loss commercials. That's Marie, and she had a brother named Donnie, and they used to sing together. And, uh, but they needed prayer because they were Mormons and they need to know the truth. And so it wasn't bad to pray for them, but everybody started like, I was praying, dear Lord, and I pray you help Donnie and Marie. And it was like, and everybody cracked up. But anyway, we, pr- we can pray all the time about anything because, and in fact, I had a young lady last week as we talked about prayer after church, she came out and she said, I want to ask you questions. All right. She's very young at 12, 13 ish year old, 14, maybe. I don't know, but very young lady. And she said, is it okay to pray for the wrong thing? In other words, she was asking, because I talked about, let's pray, make sure your prayers are for God's will and all that. She said, what if, 
What if you don't pray for God? You know, you don't know what God's will is and you pray for something that's wrong. I said, that's great, which I'm sure she didn't expect. But I said, that's wonderful. I said, because it's in prayer where God begins to change our mind. God begins to form a mind. And so that's why we pray with an open Bible, because prayer is me talking to God, but God talks back to me. And if it's not in Scripture, it's not God's will. And anything God's will says you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do it. If God's will says do it, you ought to do it, right? And so we pray with an open Bible and we pray God's words back to him. But even so if I'm if I'm praying wrong, the Holy Spirit can come in and help me understand and fix that prayer. But there are certain things we know it's God's will all the time, like people getting saved, us being righteous and living a holy life. So, so there are all types of prayer, general and specific is just the two big categories. But prayer accomplishes all those things are accomplished in prayer. Secondly, the frequency of prayer. Notice what it says in verse 18 again. I, I kind of uh, not kept referring back. Praying at all times in the spirit. So we are to be praying at all times. So what about when I'm sleeping? Well, pray before you go to bed, pray when you get up. I know you can't pray in your sleep, even though I've done it. I don't know. Maybe you've had that experience where uh, God spoke to you or you were speaking to God even in, at nighttime while you're sleeping. But pray at all times. Uh, in, in Acts 2.42, it, it says they devoted themselves to prayer. And there in Acts 2.42 to 47, where it says these things they devoted themselves to, it meant this is what their lives revolved around. They were always in prayer. They were praying, 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 praying. Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer, right? It's not a, a house of performance. It's not a house of wearing your nice clothes. It's a house of prayer. And so we ought to be praying at all times. And also in Psalm 55, just hear what David said. I know you would think I'd mark these so I'd get to them faster. But in Psalm 55 in verse 17 and 19, uh, just to pull the verses out, says this. In 17, evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. At morning, at evening and at noon. David writes, and in verse 19, he says, uh, God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and they do not fear God. But God will give ear to those who pray. And he'll also humble us because in prayer we realize how badly we need him. It is when we talk to him, we start realizing how much we need him. And so we ought to be praying at all time. In other words, we ought to be living in a continual God consciousness. John MacArthur Came up with that phrase. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above. We ought to be always in prayer. And so the ultimate purpose of prayer is us to glorify God and to bring us into an intimate fellowship with him. Prayer is about us getting to know God and having intimate fellowship with him. It's not about getting things from God. Let me just go ahead and say this now. And as we as we do the prayer class, you'll hear me say this probably a lot. I never know what I'm going to say, so it's dangerous to predict. But but don't make God give you lollipops. He's not a gumball machine. You drop a quarter of prayer in, you get a piece of gum. That is just the wrong attitude about prayer. Prayer is not about getting answers, about getting to know God. If you know God, you get everything he's got. Y'all remember the story of the prodigal son? The real prodigal was the older one. And he came to his dad and said, I've served you all these years. And he looked at him and said, son, everything I got is yours. 
What you whining about? You see, all that God has is already ours. We just don't lay hold to it. How do you lay hold to it? You claim it. Now, I know that word's been abused by certain folks, and so we're scared to say it. But we claim God's promises in prayer. Second Corinthians, first chapter. As many as may be the promises of God in him, they are yes, yes, yes. Find a promise, claim it in the name of Christ for God's glory. Not for selfish needs, but for his glory. And prayer is getting to know him so that you know what he wants and what he desires so that you get in fellowship with him and you get to know him so well, you kind of know, you know what he wants. There's power in prayer. Notice what he says, praying at all times in the spirit. Remember, that's what we covered last week. It means in the name of Jesus, consistent with his nature and will. We are praying in the name of Jesus. We'll have a whole class on praying in the name of Jesus. Uh, in Romans 8, 26 and 27, Ephesians 5, 18, right here in the book of Ephesians, just turn back one page. Look at chapter 5 and verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. In Galatians 5, he ta- tells us to Walk in the spirit and that, and thereby not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That we, we should walk and move in the spirit of God. And so we, our power in prayer is praying in the spirit. We are weak in prayer when we pray for our desires and our needs. We're powerful in prayer when we pray for God's desires and God's needs. What God wants to see happen, right? Henry Blackaby teaches that in experiencing God. Instead of trying to do something, find out where God's already doing something and join him in his work. He's already working. Just get up with God and do what he's already doing. And then, man, that's powerful. Anybody ever gone down a river in a canoe or a kayak or a raft? You ever try to swim, try, ever try to paddle up river? Yeah, that's just, (laughs) there's a gullah story about that. I won't tell you that one, but. I will tell you about a little kid walking down the street, dragging a string. And the guy said, son, did, did you lose your dog or something? And he said, no. He said, well, why are you walking down the street dragging a string? He said, you ever tried to push one? So why do you go upstream of God's will? You're just beating your head against a wall. Just get in the flow of what God's doing and pray that and you'll find power in prayer. And then... It covers all of our activities. Uh, I mentioned that awareness. Here's the deal. In, in prayer, he says, watch and pray. Uh, I, 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 in Luke 11, devote yourselves to prayer. In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, have sound judgment and to be of a sober mind for the purpose of prayer. First Peter talks about that. First Peter 4, verse 7. We are to pray specifically. We should be in prayer, praying specifically that activity. We should be praying at all times. Here, here's what happens. We get in trouble and we find we can cry out to God, right? Yeah. Don't, don't you pray differently when you got a real need than you do when you just, everything's kind of rocking along normally? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have brothers and sisters who today or in danger of being imprisoned or killed for their faith? How many? Everybody in here ought to raise your hand. Because the church and other nations are under danger of being arrested or killed 
Now, if it were your physical brother or sister, you not only would be crying out to God, you'd be every week going, hey, listen, 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 my brother's over there, and he's been captured, and he's about to be put to death just because he's a Christian. And you would be begging us to pray. And I just ask that, and hardly anybody raise their hand. Because we're praying about Aunt Edna's liver. Vance Hadner said, the problem today is that the situation's desperate, but the saints are not. Did you know your neighbors next door to you are dying and going to hell? Did you know that young people in our city have, have been brainwashed and completely taken over by evil worldview and thoughts? The situation's desperate. Did you know there are people out there Addicted to to things that are going to kill them. But we're at church, so let's complain about the heat and the air conditioner and the color carpet and what songs we sing. You've got to get a hold of this. And so we, we pray when we're in trouble, but we ought to pray at all times like that. Because this is always spiritual. We're always in a war. Our enemy is always attacking. And remember, I, I said, help me remember this. The context of this is we put on the armor. We never take off the armor because we're constantly in danger of being attacked. When, when I was in, in seminary, there was a guy there named George. And George uh, was a, a, a Air Force veteran. And George had been stationed in Italy. He, he was in the military, then came back to college. He was in undergrad school, but he was older than me. And he had been a special forces Air Force guy. And he said he was a member of a large team. And if the large team failed, he was a member of a four-man team that had to go in. And, and he was stationed in Italy. And back in the early 80s, I don't know if you remember, people were being kidnapped, especially in Italy, all the time. They'd kidnap rich and political figures trying to get money and, and, and extort people for money. So he was part of a team that would rescue those people. And he said, every night we went to bed. He was telling me this because I'll tell you the rest of the story. He said, every night when we went to bed, we were told, remember, guys, tonight could be the night you get called out. He said, we were just always on edge. And if, man, the call came, we're out of the bed and we're we're running, going to, to the danger. <laughs> and he told me that, he said, because he came from that situation to Bible college. And he said, one night he was having a strange dream. He dreamed he was in the restroom. But in the restroom, somebody, a hand came out of a wall and grabbed his arm and said, George, George. And he said he had the conscious thought in his sleep of, I don't know what this is, but I know how to deal with it. And he said he was making a fist and he was about to strike. And he came to consciousness and his roommate was shaking him going, George, George, I need, I need your help. I need prayer. He said, I thought, be still. You'll be asleep in just a second. Um, but he woke up in time not to strike. Guess what? We're always every we're always under attack. Always. Our brothers and sisters are always under attack. And so we want, ought to always have the attitude of warfare in our prayers. Always. Because we have an enemy who wants to distract us. An enemy who wants to steal from us. And then notice the objects of prayer. Here in, in these verses, I, again, I've not been referenced to pray at all times, 
keeping alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Friend, we're at a war because each one of you are under attack, and I'm under attack. So I need to be praying for you, and you ought to be praying for me. And I don't mean that just me to you and you to me. I mean for each other. And if you're conscious of anybody in a struggle, it is a spiritual fight. It's not a physical one. It's a spiritual fight. And just like you would run physically, if, if, I, listen, if, if we left out of here and I went anywhere, it, I don't even have to know the lady, but I saw a lady being attacked. I'm running over there to try to help her. If it were your wife, you would be yelling at us, come help me. And our kids are under attack. Our families are under attack. We are under attack by an enemy. And it's not a political enemy. It's not a social enemy. It's a spiritual enemy. And so we have to be in prayer all the time for all the saints. That they are the objects of our prayer. How many of y'all plan to live forever here on this earth like you are now? Yeah, I didn't think so. So the object is not for us to pray to live longer here. The object is us to pray to live right here and let God deal with the rest. That's easy to say. It's hard to live out. Well, what can you do? Here's here's just a couple of practical suggestions. Get and keep a notebook of prayer. Now, I don't know if you have a notebook of Bible study. I hope you do. hope you have a notebook where you write stuff down from your quiet times. That's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. You could use the back of that book. So sometimes I'll do that. It's, it's, it's a lot easier because it's just one book. And you start on the back page with prayer needs and you start listing them out. And I'll tell you the problem. You ever seen a church's prayer sheet? It's usually got a lot of names on it. And what happens is somebody calls in and says, Hey, I know about this need. And listen, it's not wrong to pray for people to be healed and all that and get well. That's great. If I'm sick, please pray for me. I appreciate that. But what happens is somebody calls in, they give us a name, but they never call back and say, oh, you know, they're okay now. And so the list just gets longer and longer and longer, and you got all these needs. So get your prayer, get your journal, or get one, or have one, and use the back page, or get a new one, and write the prayer need and put a date by it. And then when you get an answer, put a date by it. And then practically pray about that every day. You can organize it however your mind works. You, you know, like people are sick, people that need to be saved, people are having a spiritual struggle, whatever. You know, financial, marital, you know, whatever the case may be. Or you can just list it out. However your mind works, that's fine. But keep a journal, a notebook of prayer. And here's what will happen is years later, you'll be able to look back and see the answers that God has given you. And if you'll read the Psalms carefully, you'll see that when David prayed, he said, God, you did this, 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 and this, and now. I expect you're going to do this. And in fact, you can see that in the story of David and Goliath, right? Because King Saul said, uh, that's a big dude, and he's been fighting since he was your age. And you are a little dude, and you've never fought before. He said, oh, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> Au contraire, O king. I kept my daddy's sheep. And one day a bear came out. One day a lion came out, grabbed a sheep. I ran over there, snatched his sheep out of the bear's mouth, out of the lion's mouth, then I turned and killed the bear and the lion, and that uncircumcised Philistine's going to be like one of them. That's what he said. And then David walked out in the valley, and he goes, oh, you mocking me, sending a kid out? And David said, let me give you a preview about what's about, what's about to happen. I'm going to climb your tree and eat your lunch. 
And that's what he did. Now, that's not a direct quote out of Bible, but that's basically what he said. Dude, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed your body to the ravens. And that's exactly what David did. He said, because I don't come, you come with a spear and sword. I come in the name of the Lord God Almighty, whose armies you've defied this day. And then he ran at him. And we had a rock party. First rock concert in the world. Killed a giant. Keep a notebook of prayer. And David would go back and go, you remember when I killed that giant? Well, that nation's like that giant. God's going to take care of them too. And he never, he, he, he prayed and then he acted. Then secondly, be aware and pray specifically. Be aware of your surroundings. Know what's happening and then start praying specifically. Because God will give you discernment about the specific need. So many times we get blinded what our need is. So many times we, we know there's trouble, but we, we think it's this when it's really that. So you need to pray for spiritual discernment. Discernment is never a call to judge. It's a call to pray. Oswald Chambers said that. Discernment is not a call to judge. Go, oh, well, that guy's in sin and he shouldn't be in sin. No, it's a call to prayer. God, deliver him from that evil. Deliver him from that bondage. And then engage in spiritual warfare and pray for other Christians in warfare. We 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 brought Laura and and... Justin and his family up here today to pray for them. And everybody goes, oh, that was nice. Now, they're going to Africa and Haiti. Uh, Laura leaves tomorrow. Justin leaves Friday, right? Friday, ninth. Y'all going to be praying for them while they're gone? There was a story came out of World War II where a plane crashed and there were some things on that plane they needed to get. And so they had to park a ship over it. And they sent divers down with a bell helmet diver and suits on. Not, they couldn't do it scuba. They had to do it that way. I don't know if scuba even exists World War II. But anyway, that's how they'd do it. And the problem was the enemy was attacking while they were trying to rescue whatever it was at the bottom of the water. But someone had to stand on the surface of that boat and keep the air supply flowing. And as men stood there keeping watch over that machinery and making sure it was running, they were getting strafed by planes. And man after man after man perished on the surface to keep the divers alive below the water. That's a gross retelling of a story. But Justin, Laurie are about to go underwater. But here's a little fact we forget. You're not living in heaven. Tomorrow, you're going underwater too when you go to work, you go to school, when you leave this place. Who's manning the air supply? Who's praying that they don't drown? Who's making sure they keep getting what they need to do what they've got to do? Friends, we got to pray for each other.